Hey, hey, dishers, we're back. So this Salem style, let's jump into it, shall we? Okay, I know we're sitting here waiting for the return of days, so I thought it would be fun, while we have nothing to talk about, to do another top five with our top five returns. So let's get into it, shall we? First off, I want to say we have the OG crew. It's me, Tony, and Ariette. Um, Dylan had a family emergency. We're praying for her, so she couldn't be here this today. And Nick is celebrating his birthday. So happy birthday, Nick. Happy birthday. Put, happy birthday. I'm not going to put his age on front street. <laughs> but I will say this. I'll give y'all a hint. He was 18 when he voted for Jimmy Carter. His first president <laughs> he voted for was Jimmy Carter, y'all. So there's that. He's going to kill you when he was attacked. Oh <laughs> I ain't going to put his sure age you, out there. But make sure you just keep put that in Let's just get him. into the top five. <laughs> Happy birthday, Nick. Anyways, top five returns. Are y'all ready? Yes. Let's go. Tony, top five return. My number five is Bo Brady's return in 1990. He do, literally, do, <laughs> he literally do, returned do. with the holding for holding out for a hero montage. You literally just saw a couple. You just saw a bike, and you would hear the music, and then he officially returned in a bar fight in Australia. Steve and Kayla were in Australia looking for their kidnapped daughter Stephanie. And somebody pissed Steve off and said the wrong thing. And Steve gets into a bar fight. The bar fight starts getting a little out of control. And next thing you know, in walks Bo. And it was so badass and awesome. And I had missed Bo on my screen because we hadn't seen Bo or Hope in like three years at this point because they left to go sailing around the world in 1987. So it was just so nice to see him. And it I just loved this whole little return, his reunion with Steve. He helped to find Stephanie. And then he came back a couple months later back into Salem. But this whole return was my favorite or one of my favorites. Well, hope you far behind. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't. No, that's okay. Up. No, you couldn't. That's okay. <laughs> Are you at top five return? Yes. My number five is Andre in 2002. Oh. Ooh. I didn't even think about that. That's a obscure one, but that's a good one. Because he, he was technically Tony. Tony. Then, but yeah, I'm going to mention it. So the setup for his return was really great. I recall people talking about it or talking about Stefano. And everyone, well, everyone thought it was Tony. It was Andre. But... That's another discussion. I don't have time for that. And so, correct me if I'm wrong. Everybody thought that the person returning to that party was going to be Stefano because we yes. saw the ring for like days before. And then we did. And it was John we and Marlena's anniversary. About it, and I, I recall we, we saw characters talking about like Stefano returning or something. And we saw a ring. But it was a really good return with everyone gathered to celebrate Jarlena's anniversary party and his return. Um, it was so intense with all the shock reactions and like it was good reactions to him just walking in and the classic Demera back music cue playing in the background with with Tondre saying yes john 
the phoenix has returned. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to I can't wait to rewatch that now with full context of everything that happened in Aramid. John's face must have been what the hell cuz he I mean, he almost died for killing that, that like, is, for killing that man. But he didn't actually kill him, but that's right. the point. It's one of my top returns. The first return I had written up was this one because it is such a good scene. It's iconic to me. So yeah, I loved it. Good choice. Well, I guess it's my turn. Top five return. As you can probably tell by now, my number five is always a slightly more obscure one. But here's my number five. Eve Donovan. Which yes. time? Cassie DePibus. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, but no, no, no. Which, which Eve return? Are we talking recent or when Cassie first debuted? The first debut one. Okay. I can rock with that. I Okay. I know a lot of people. I know Dylan is probably trying to spit on me from Texas for this. But I know a lot of people don't care for Cassie DePibus Eve. But she'll always be my Eve. I don't know. Eve returned at a point where days will always have a nostalgia for me because that's officially when I became a Days fan. I'm a lifer. I mean, Days has always been on in the house. I've always watched. But everyone has that point where it becomes the person you're watching it show and it becomes your show. And that was a time period when it became my show. I love the setup of Eve coming back because I don't know what it was Jennifer and JJ were talking about, but they were going through her high school yearbook. Jennifer and Daniel were together. Everything was perfect. And she turns to a picture of Eve. And she goes on to her long history with Eve and how he, she was always her bitter rival. And lo and behold, Daniel has a new patient. And nobody knows how, who this patient is until the very end of the episode. And they show Cassie the pipe and she says, call me Eve. And that's when I knew this bitch was about to give Jennifer a run for her money. And that she did. Um, stole the money from Jack's book, right from under Jennifer. Slept with her son. And I don't care what anyone says, that was a steamy affair. Tom Sale did what they needed to do with that affair. Um, lost her daughter. Eve has is a dynamic character, but Cassie DePaiva will always be my Eve. She put her foot into it. I don't know if it's because I'm a One Like to Live fan as well, but I just really enjoyed her. And that return is what really kicked it off for me. And that is my number five. Tony, number four, return. My number four, it's actually funny that you said um, Hope can't be far behind at the end of my number five, because Hope's return in 1994 is actually my number four. Uh, we didn't collection. <laughs> we didn't know the whole story. Like the way they set this up was great. For weeks, we would just see a woman brushing her hair. And it was a brunette woman. And you would just see this woman in a room in Maison Blanche. And Stefano would just call her the woman. We never knew her name, didn't know anything about her. We would just see her brushing her hair and then a couple and then you would kind of hear Bowen Hope's music cue so you would kind of maybe get a clue and then all of a sudden you would see her face and oh my god it's Hope but wait she doesn't remember who she is so then you spend this whole next year wondering is she Hope or is she Gina and just the whole 
her whole return, that whole story, then revealing that she is Hope into the puzzle box moment, into Hope getting her memory back. Like so much of this return was so good and so must-see TV for me. But I loved the whole mystery of who is this woman. That was one of my favorite things about it. Tony, preaching to the choir. (laughs) That was another good one. You two for two now. Ariette. Yes. So this is two characters. But Sammy and Kristen... It wasn't me who broke the tie. I'm sorry. I didn't break the tie, y'all. So Sammy and Kristen's return in 2018. So Sammy was... Good choice. It was... The lead up to this wedding was good. And I enjoyed the whole arc of this wedding from start to finish was like really enjoyable that whole year basically was a good year almost ish um but yeah so sammy showing up to the wedding was the catalyst catalyst to stacy hydux Kristen's iconic return which then we'll be led, talking about her later which then led to shoot the bride story it was like I said, it was a good art from start to finish, and I enjoyed seeing crazy Kristen threatening everyone after at in the, the red wedding. dress. Yes, the teeth. You know what? Valerie's reaction to the Jennifer's reaction Jennifer, hiding under the chair. Everyone's reaction. Oh, oh, I remember that. The best reaction was Paul trying to reach for his phone and realizing that he gave it to her. <laughs> yeah, oh, he gave it to Claire, right? Because Claire, Claire was collecting Claire, all the phones. Yeah. She was going. It wasn't Claire. Like, it was Susan, wasn't it? No, it was Claire collecting the phones. I think. Um, I'm not sure, but it, no, it was Susan. Was it? Yes, because I remember Kristen her. Under Susan it was Kristen side. dressed as Susan. Because I remember her bringing it up, and I was like, "That's weird." I forgot. Oh, go ahead, Michael. Sorry, I was spoiler free during the time, so Susan was going around collecting the phones, talking about, "Oh, they want this moment to be very special between the both of them." And (laughs) don't laugh, my Susan impression. You know what? Claire took Brady's phone. That's what's confusing us. Yeah. Yeah. I think because Brady was like, "I'm not giving my phone to that crazy." Speaking of Kristen, uh, no, speaking of Susan, before she got locked um, into the freezer, I think that was, um, I enjoyed uh, the, I think it was a bridal shower or a get together. Yeah, the bridal shower. Yes, that was fun as well. Like I said, the lead up to this wedding was enjoyable. The whole wedding, the scene, the drama was fun. The nods to the teeth lying the storyline, the aftermath. I mean, everything. I have nothing more to say than it was really, really enjoyable. And the drama it brought between the families when Belle wanted to take Marlena off of life support. Yeah, oh, that DNR story was so good. So the whole thing was just chef's kiss. Really good. (laughs) So yeah, that is my number four. Okay, my turn again. Number four return. Kate Roberts return in 1996. Oh, that was almost on my list. Okay, so far we saw Kate being left on a fishing boat. <laughs> Honestly, she, it, it was no shock that she was on a fishing boat. That's basically how they left her off. She was on a fishing boat and then we didn't hear from her until February of 1996. 
we see a woman in bed and then we see her dreaming about being in the hot tub with Victor. No names are spoken, just her and Victor. And they're talking about how they have so much romantic feelings for each other and how they were going to get out of the tub and make love. And now you see Lauren Coslow turn around in the bed. Oh, Victor. Oh, how I wish you were here with me, Victor. And quite honestly, I did not know that Lauren Coslow looked exactly like Deborah Adair. With the Thank short you. Hair. I said the same thing. Because for a minute, I thought it was Deborah Adair in that bed, but it wasn't. What were you going to say, Aria? No, I was going to say I watched a short clip of Kate the other day from back when um, Lauren Kozlo took over. And I was like, wait a minute. They look so similar here. Like, you could think it was it, Deborah there. Yeah. That was an amazing recast because they it really was. And it just always, she was a powerhouse actress as well. So you really looked out in that, that theory. And Kate's c- kind of change in character when Lauren took over makes complete sense when you think of the hell that she's withstood in the last uh, year. Hold, hold on, hold on. Let me get to that part, Tony. Because <laughs> they make it seem like Kate just jumped off the fishing boat and she magically appeared home. No. Kate swam in the ocean. First off, she had to jump off the boat because they were not going to let her off. She swam to another island that was deserted and had no weight off of it. She literally got on a plane that was put to she's flew spirit airlines damn it <laughs> let, let, hold on you're, you're missing stuff so she jumps off the fishing boat onto a raft crashes oh, the yeah. onto a raft and then basically fall like finds herself on this abandoned island with these two people who have no like, no way of getting off it no way of getting off of it so then after a couple weeks with them after she's recovered from her first stint in the ocean uh they give her a life a lifeboat and she swims to another island. She swims to another island, which is where she finds the abandoned island with the Sea Fisher pilot plane there. And then they they get on the plane, they start flying, and then the plane almost crashes. Dude falls asleep behind the fucking wheel of the plane. I would have pushed him right <laughs> on off. I swear to God. And so and then flew it my damn self. Now, and then she finally gets home to Salem, is coming home, and Victor is about to be having sex with Vivian. She okay, literally- hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, hold on. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I just recently watched those things. They weren't about to make love. Victor had the head in there. They were deep into it when Kate walked in. So like, there's that. And she and. and- she came in guns blazing for Vivian. Like she revealed all the truth about how her original plane went down. The truth Vivian about was what, basically still naked. Yeah. The truth about what happened with Philip. So Vivian was now out on her ass. And, and then we jumped no from use. that. We jumped from that into her meeting Sammy as the mother of her grandchild, and she's automatically guns blazing for Sammy. She's like, what the fuck is this shit? She's trying to break up Carrie and Lucas so Carrie can get back with Austin. And then Vivian makes a play for Philip, which leaves Victor so enraged that he has a stroke, and he's still in a coma for five months later. So, yeah, her, her Listen, return, it's up there. We don't talk about it enough. 
but it was up. We really don't. And, and do you remember, like, after um, Victor had the stroke and they're at the hospital and Vivian's trying to come see him and she straight up punches Vivian in the face and they get into a knockdown drag out fight at the nurse's station? Yes, and Caroline was there trying to... <laughs> Literally, like, to me was when Sammy was revealed. First off, the build up to Sammy's demise, where Kate basically had to pull it out of Jamie of what Sammy had done, yeah, and then her blackmailing that whole build up into Sammy getting exposed should have gotten days of Emmy that year because it was an amazing story, it really was. Goodness, but that was my number four, Kate Roberts. And then they ruined her by putting her with Stefano, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, but that was almost on my list. So good, good for you for adding that to your list. First off, Lauren Coslow, we don't give her her flowers enough because they have her dressing like Prince, but she is a legend in her own right. She's up there because she is carrying 96 along with Deidre Hall and Christian Alfonso. Yeah. 100%. Tony, number three. Uh, my number three, again, you are giving me excellent segues here, so I must thank you. Uh, my number three is Stefano's 1993 return. So they had this whole mystery. When Kristen first came to town, she was connected to somebody, but we didn't really know who. And she kept seeing this mystery patient and you, you would kind of see him from the back and you would have no idea who she, who he was. She would call him father. And then what, like, then you saw his ring, you heard the music and they revealed it to be Stefano. And I knew it was Stefano because when I was watching the episodes by this point, I had already known where this was going. But well, the see, they were dropping where... hints before that too. I mean, the yeah. anklet with the initials KD. Yeah, so like they, they they were dropping hints, but the moment where I think where I think they were at the Horton cabin, maybe, and um, like because Steph, Stefano Stefano had escaped or something, or was with Curtis, and Kristen found him, and like the camera panned up, and you saw his face, and you heard his music cue, and I knew it was Stefano. But, like, seeing his face and the way they did it and the way they revealed it made me scream. And then when they bring Stefano to the hospital and Marlena sees him for the first time in two years, and, like, you don't see Marlena come unglued ever. She completely loses her shit in the hospital. Oh, well, she was pregnant? Yeah! yeah. (laughs) That was a scene. Oh, Oh, my God, Tony. I got stressed out for her because in my head, I was like, y'all, she finna lose, even though I know she wasn't going to, I'm like, y'all, get my lane out of the She finna lose that baby if she doesn't calm the fuck down. And it, what made it even worse is during this time, Roman and John were friends at that point. So I don't know which one was it. Was she standing with John or she was Ronda with John because was... she she had a death grip on John because because yes. Roman was Roman wasn't even in the room. He heard Marlena screaming. Like, comes Marlena, running. I knew it was one of them. I couldn't remember if it was Roman or John, but Roman heard Marlena screaming from all the way down the hall, and they they both had to literally cart her away. Oh my god! <laughs> it was so good. Oh, it and. Tom was there too. I remember because Tom had just found out that Stefano was dying, and Tom yeah. basically had to tell Marlena was like, 
Marlena, he's not a threat to you. And Marlena's like, no, he's alive. He held me captive for five years. First and, Chris, and, and, and at this point, Kristen didn't believe any of the things that John was saying about Stefano. When she, saw Marlena, when she saw Marlena when, lose her shit, that's what she knew. It had to be some truth to what John was saying. Because, like, Marlena never loses her mind. Well, first and, off, you know how we always joke about how Marlena is a pretty crier? Y'all, that was the ugliest crying <laughs> I have ever seen in my God-given life. Marlena was petrified. She Ugh. was terrified. And was it was it after this scene that we kind of get the first inklings of Kristen versus Marlena too? Or was it was it some like because I feel like what they were having a discussion about Stefano and John and everything that happened? And oh, like okay, well, I will say this. They were acquaintances at first, and then Kristen kind of got a little jealous of Marlena because she already saw the connection of Marlena and John already. But John had already made it clear that it was just a friendship vibe there. So she was still kind of apprehensive toward Marlena, but she was cordial. And then when that happened, she was kind of adversarial of Marlena. But once she realized the type of man Stefano was, her and Marlena became good friends until, what, 96? Yeah. I would say say I would say tail end of 95 because Marlena was done with her after Kristen testified. Even even before that, because there were a couple of misunderstandings with um, that Kristen saw with John and Marlena when she was questioning before she officially testified that like Marlena could see she was having doubts and would call her on it. Because you remember that scene they had outside, and Marlena yeah, was in I that white that. coat. That's when it really started. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can say that. That's when it started getting shaky. But after Kristen had that testimony, Marlena was done with it. She had no use for it. And I don't then know who after was that. I don't know who After was more that, horrified they, in that scene, John or Marlena. Marlena, she was. No, no. Oh, she. No, didn't, no. She didn't even say anything. You could just see it in her face. I was thinking about when the guilty verdict was read. Okay, moving on, <laughs> shall we? Number four was what, Tony? My number four was Stefano's return. Uh, number three, rather. Yeah, we're number three now. Ariette. So my number three came to me when I was doing my top ten uh, favorite characters on Twitter. And this was Nicole's return in 2008. So we're jumping forward a few years. Anyway, so um, Nicole, after leaving, I think it was in 2006, she returned two years later. She showed up with her dog, Pookie. And her energy and the how Nicole was is my favorite. Like, that return is the Nicole for me. She showed up for the dysfunctional Kyrakis dinner, and it was really enjoyable, and she was messing with everyone's heads. And, and the reactions were hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was just fun, and I think that was the energy they had Nicole for a while until she got pregnant. But it was just so refreshing to see her mess with everyone, especially the Kyriakis family. My I love it. Ten, shall we? Tony, we're on the same accord today. My number three is Gina, a.k.a. Hope Brady. Um, I love that story. First off, I'm going to say it. I prefer Gina over Hope. <laughs> 
I really did. I, Gina I, won't go, I won't go that far, but I mean, I enjoyed Gina, but like she made me, she made me fall in love with her. Oh, uh, okay. Let me give you the backstory. First off, we're already in Maison Blanche because Stefano has kidnapped John and Marlena at this point. Well, all during this time, we see Celeste and Stefano talking to a woman. And then, and, and Celeste only calls her little, little one, I think. Yeah, I love their relationship at first, and then it just went sour. But, anyways, Bo, I don't know who was holding the party. It was a party at Maison Blanche. I think Kristen was throwing it. Yeah. Yeah, Kristen was throwing it. It was like a museum. And the woman thing. sneaks away outside to be with the people. And Celeste finds her and brings her back inside and basically <gasps> tells her, you know better than to go outside. What if Stefano would have saw you? And Billy saw her and, in the garden. Yes, Billy saw her in the garden, but she uh, um, basically assumed that she saw Hope, but we didn't see her at that point. But and Billy so, didn't even know who she saw. Exactly. But she was like, something Something was very familiar about her. I don't know what it is. And then when Celeste brought the woman inside and she's scolding her, and the woman turns around to the camera upset, and we see it is Hope Williams Brady looking the best she's ever looked in years. My God. Oh. I love her hair, this whole, like, 1995 to 96 with the bangs. Perfect. Looking the best we've seen her in years. And then... Fast forward, John escapes. Basically, Stefano has Celeste sedate the woman, aka Gina, and put her him into her into the boat with him. John catches up to the boat, knocks Stefano overboard, and reveals that Gina is on the boat. But he calls her Hope. I mean, she looks exactly like Hope. Come back. Everyone thinks that Gina is whole, blah, blah, blah. You're missing the best part. You're missing the best part. So Hope, John gets her off the boat and they gets to this little country inn where Bo and Billy are getting engaged and about to make love for the first time when John comes knocking on the door, begging for help. They let her, him in. He puts her on the bed. They roll her over. And I have to give Robert Kilker Kelly props here because he he did not play any of the Bo and Hope relationship. By the time he took over the role as Bo, as Bo Hope was already dead Carly and gone for two years. Picture. Carly was in the picture. Hope was dead and gone for two years. The look on his face when he realized it was Hope, it gave me chills. So they all go back to Salem. Basically, see, this is where I get emotional about it. Everyone comes home and realizes that Hope may be alive. Oh, God, and, I know exactly where you're going. And Alice rushes home to oh. tell Tom that Hope is alive. And she goes upstairs and finds that Tom is dead. Mm. Basically showing, telling the show that when one door opens, another one closes. Um, that scene breaks me down every single time and then we basically just go about assuming that Gina is Hope for a minute because she has no memory yeah for a while Bo basically tells her well that's fine but I'm with Billy now and we basically see Gina at Billy and Bo's both of 
their weddings, actually. It's crazy because Billy invites her to live with her, which is insane. They have no definitive proof that she's hope. Like actually, in one wedding, wasn't Gina a bridesmaid? She was going to be, but and she she backed backed out. out She backed out at the last minute because she was still in love with Bo. Because she was still in love with Bo, but like they they did this whole thing where she started having memories. So. Bo ended up having to break it off with Billy to try to give his love with hope another chance. And then we find out that Celeste is programming these memories into her. So she's actually not hope after all. So then Bo and Billy get back together and start. And to... they, they start a whole marriage. They get married and everything. And then the summer of 1995 hit. Long story short, y'all, Tom Horton basically had this puzzle box. And the only Horton, other than Tom, that can open the puzzle pots was Hope. So Alice, being the only one believing that Gina was Hope, gave the puzzle box to Gina, hoping that Gina would open it. After months and months in chasing and losing and finding this damn puzzle box, Gina finally opened it. That damn puzzle box went on a journey around the fucking world. It was insane. And then Hold on. It didn't just went around the journey. It disappeared for months until the <laughs> until the possession was over. And then it resurfaced. Yeah, because it, it literally, Celeste stole it, throws it out, homeless woman gets it, then gives it to Sean, Douglas, little Sean. And then he gives it to somebody else. It ends up getting sold in a pawn shop. Then Jack ends up with it and gives it to Abby. There well, so- well, first off, let's be honest. We didn't even need this puzzle box because before Hope Gina even found it again, they basically went on this wild goose chase to try and go back to where they went back um, to New Orleans. Where yes, they went back she- to New Orleans where where they found her. First off, I skipped this part, but the only reason they really didn't believe that Gina was Hope is because Gina had extensive plastic surgery. Yeah, after the explosion in the accident. So they didn't so, know if it was plastic surgery to fix the burns from the acid drop or if it was plastic surgery to turn her into hope the way that John turned. The way considering that, that Stefano found her, they probably could just had, Stefano probably could just had a picture of hope and had them create hope. In now, here's the part where I side eye, and I think it's the part that you're about to get to. So they finally so basically, to- they go to the hospital and they mm-hmm. backtrack it and the doctor basically tells them, Oh, well, Stefano brought her in. Just ask him who did he think he was before, think Gina was beforehand. Now, at this point, it's been a good 10, 11 months since Gina has been on canvas. Y'all, this is the part that pissed me off. They go ask Stefano. And in so many words, Stefano looked at them and said, Girl, you ain't no, you hold Brady. So <laughs> here's the part that pissed me off. Because it was a different part. You remember the orderly in New Orleans who had the bracelet? That was so stupid. That was so stupid. So was stupid. Because even when he still had the jewelry, they had went to Stefano at that point. Stefano was like, girl, you hold Brady. I don't even know why we having this conversation. Because remember that conversation? Stefano looked very annoyed that he was having this conversation. Yeah. Like, in the, in the jail, yeah. It's literally right under your nose. This hopeful. <laughs> and anyway. then she get she gets her memory back, but even after she gets her memory back, they're still not a hundred percent sure. 
So wait, then, wait, wait, hold on. No, wait a minute. She gets some of her memories back. She's getting bits and pieces. By then, she opens the puzzle box in front of everyone. Inside of the puzzle box was a letter written by Hope on her wedding day to Bo. And, and 1985 Bo, wedding. Yes. Nobody had read it. Bo reads it in the pub and Hope starts to read it word for word. She starts finishing the, the letter and they do the split screen and I die. But then for definitive we're, uh, Again, uh, quite honestly, we're about to see this in the cabin. But anyways, not now to, to next week, y'all. We'll, we'll see y'all next week. Anyways. <laughs> actually, I don't know. It's actually not a puzzle box moment that's going to do it for her. It's a fortune cookie. But And it's going to probably have something that she's already said before. I'm telling you, I've seen it before. Anyways, she reads the letter. They still, even still after that, Bo still has his cynicism about it. But then he realizes that the only person beside him who had touched that letter was Hope. So he lifted fingerprints off of the letter and it was revealed that Gina was Hope all along. And that is my number three return. It was a great story. It was good. It was a lot. And then Billy, poor Billy, she left two weeks later. She couldn't. No, it was about, it was actually about a month later. It was longer than I thought. It was about a month. Even still, she couldn't handle the heat in the kitchen and she went to Paris. She did. But you know what? She had to though, because Bo was not admitting his feelings. He really was. Go watch the story, y'all. It was really good. Oh, it's so good. Okay. You're number two. My number two um, is Doug's return in 1993 to usher Julie off screen. So Julie had come back. Julie did. Okay. My, okay. Julie had come (laughs) back to town in 1990. But she and Doug were not together. So she she was in Salem kind of doing her own thing for the last three years. She'd kind of taken They were doing Eve. Victor Kiriakis too. No, they actually never went there. They almost did, but they didn't. They should have. They should have, which is kind of crazy, but yeah. Been, so th- okay, okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. But <laughs> instead of Jack and Jennifer on the cruise of deception, it should have been Julie and Victor. I almost thought it was going to be, not even going to lie. Especially, especially with that dress getting tighter and tighter each episode. I thought he was going to rip it off. But so by like 1993, Julie had been in town for a few years, but she'd been lonely. She'd never really had a romance. It never really, nothing had ever really kicked off for her. So she gets a phone call that Doug was in an accident in Switzerland. So she goes she goes to Switzerland and she's expecting to find Doug sick in bed, injured. She's she's terrified. Turns out Doug's completely fine. He faked an injury to get her to Switzerland to woo her back to him. He didn't fake it. I'm sorry. He he didn't fake it. He just over-exaggerated because there was a car accident. There was a car accident, but he he exaggerated his injuries to get her there. And then he basically, like, they have this whole set of beautiful scenes where they kind of go through all their issues and he's trying to convince him, trying to convince her to come back to him. And for anybody who wants to see it, I'm going to retweet the thread when the episode drops. But I actually um, tweeted out these scenes a couple of years ago because he actually made reference to this story uh, in a scene with Sierra back in 2019 gave her the music box and he gave her the music box and it was just all so beautiful and wait hold on hold on i had to set that up i know this is your segment but no 
it's fine. We, we've been we've been we've been going back and forth on each other's segments all day. It's fine. But y'all, let me explain the setup to the music because basically, Doug poured his heart out. He wanted Julie back, and Julie was like, "Nah, fam, I, I can't do this. this. This will be the third time I've married you." you she was about to walk out the door, and he so, opened so up. So he the was box. like, "So he was like, okay, fine. Even still, I want you to have this gift." but do not open it until you get back to Salem. So Julie leaves and probably two scenes later, she comes back with a music box in her hand and it's playing Julie dear. And she looks at him and says, you knew I would open it as soon as I got in the cab, didn't you? And he says, I was counting on it. And she runs into his arms and they kiss passionately. And they lived happily ever after because they went on 70 different cruises after that and never coming back to town. Oh, that's so good. It just makes me smile, like the whole scene. Because I just like... Those I just are good also... years for Julie as well because her cleavage <laughs> was magical those years. My God. And it's and, like... And, and this was it's... on my honorable mention list, but when they came back in 93 for Christmas to visit Tom, I kid you not. Julie's breasts were in the room before Julie got there. <laughs> oh, th- that Christmas makes me weep for a lot of reasons, but just because, like, that was the last. That was our last Christmas with Tom because he was gone. And quite honestly, that was the last time we saw a lot of Tom. Well, and yeah, because McDonald Carey got sick not long after that. Yeah, and then Tom's reaction in the hospital bed. Oh, this is the best Christmas ever. He he just. That grandpa who hadn't had his whole family together in a while had it, and it just warmed my heart. And that was on my honorable list, mention list when Doug and Julie returned in 1993. Um, yeah. Ariette, your number two. My number two is Valerie's return in 2020. And yes, we had it twice, but... Um, we had it for Ilani's wedding and for the birth of Carver and Jules. So I picked um, Carver and Jules' birth because she was around for a while. She was around for the kidnapping story as well. But her returning was just so, so heartwarming because Valerie just lights up the room. Her presence is definitely needed, but it was so sweet how excited she was and i really enjoyed her return scenes and she should return again back for the story that's coming up but and pay her so we can get a decent stamp it's not so much it's it's not so much the payment thing it's the fact that vanessa williams is booked and busy on 700 different jobs so yeah it's all about i love to see it because she deserves it's all about timing but we need to see her at least when we get to see real babies for the twins. But yeah, her return in 2020. Is she still in Salem? I don't know. We haven't seen her since the- We haven't Christmas. heard anything. Yeah, but the, exactly. I was like, they never explained the exit for her. It seems like she's still in town. We just don't see her. At least in 2018, they explained her exit. She was leaving, take another job offer. I don't remember where. Was it Baltimore? No. Boston? Boston, maybe. Yeah, I don't rem- it, it remember. It starts with a B. Washington, yes. D.C. Yes. 
but it was explained at least then. Right now, we don't know where Val Valerie is. She could be in town. She could be anywhere, at least. I don't know. But, but these, Aria, yeah. You're three for three right now. It's a well, three for four because that one was a tie as well. And I didn't like her return for the wedding. But you have a pretty decent hand as well. Thank you. Y'all did didn't like her return for the wedding? Mm. Mainly because they had her kissing on that old man. I didn't like that <laughs> at all. I didn't like it at all. Had her kissing on her papa. Anyways, my number two. Oh, Lord. Wayne Northrop's Roman Brady in 1992. Wait, 91. 91. That's 91. That so, was almost on my list, too. So a few months before... As Salem was still reeling from the return of Dr. Mylena Evans, we see a flashback to the hospital and there's a man in the bed. And I couldn't help but think, oh dear God, who the hell is this? And then we see that John and Mylena's home is being surveillance and it's being shown to the man. But wasn't, Marla, wasn't Marlena also having dreams she too? She was having flashbacks. I was going to get to that. Lo and behold, in that cage, in that bed, was Ro the actual Roman Brady watching as John, well, Roll John at this point, kissed Marlena. And all you hear is, wait a minute, who is that with my wife? Doc? Doc! And that was the Friday cliffhanger, folks. Roman Brady was alive. Could you imagine, like, I watched that. I would have peed. <laughs> watched that knowing the end result but this was 1991 soap twitter and spoilers were not a thing yet so could you imagine you're living your life as <laughs> drake hogeston is roman for the last five years like that's your roman your and everyone is content that this was the best roman and then all this i and think then soaps watching soaps back then was more enjoyable but then, the, and, then and that's the thing <laughs> I know we talk about reading spoilers and how it doesn't really affect our viewership, but it but was it so much more fun when we weren't reading the spoilers. Exactly. Because I was spoiler-free for those two weeks I was gone. And when I watched Days, I was thoroughly enjoyed. Um, when I didn't know about Yvonne coming back, it, it was on the podcast. I told y'all how excited and good it felt to not know that he was coming back and to see him. Quite honestly, Days needs to take the GH approach. No, they and don't. give us nothing. Yes, they do. No, they give don't. us absolutely nothing. Give us vague spoilers, or <laughs> yeah, but Marlena I... makes a sandwich. Meanwhile, no. it's laced with honey, <laughs> with um poison honey, and she's giving but, it to Kristen. Like, <laughs> but backtracking to to your original point, like, could you imagine people's like people's reactions when they saw his face? They must have all had a collective what the fuck is happening well, see, well to me it was that because i knew they were going to reveal it soon i just didn't know how they were going to reveal it and it was a great reveal to me the story leading up to it um was marlena john Bo, and carly going down to mexico what were they going to Mexico for? I think they were trying to figure out why they were, where they were trying was to Marlena. No, they were yeah, they were trying to figure out exactly what happened to Marlena because Marlena was having flashbacks. flashbacks so she was she of, was in a Mexican man. hospital. So they 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 flew down to Mexico to try to get to the bottom of what happened. Yes, I then, remember that because she was having those flashbacks. And then she was hearing 
and she, and she was hearing someone saying doc doc she was assuming that it was Roll John, but Roll John was like, I hadn't seen you five years. So they were going down to Mexico. But I think and she also, but did she know it was Rome? Like, did she, did she tell him she, like it was she your She heard voice? it was, yes, that's what she said. But they, that's what they got extra confused. So they went down to Mexico to find, get down to. Ironically enough, had a Roman escaped from the facility at that point? Well, Roman Roman was let out. Stefano let him out. And then they're trying to get like they're I think they're trying to find either the hospital or the compound where she was being held. And Marlena and they were sees, in the jungle and Marlena sees Roman and she faints. Wayne Northrop's Roman and she straight up faints into his arms. And then you hear their music cue. I mean, look, listen, I have no use for Roman and Marlena as a couple. But their music cue is like one of my favorite things of all time. And then we see basically Roman and John duke it out. And then a, a bizarre Carly and Bo wedding. Fast forward, they all go back to Salem. And Marlena basically tells John that he has to go back to his life with Isabella because she made a commitment to Roman. Plus she's pregnant. Plus Isabella is pregnant. Isabella gets sick after she has the baby. And basically tells Marlena to watch after John. When Brady. she when she and calls the rest is history. When she calls, like when she finds when Isabella finds out that she's dying, and like Mar- John will not accept it at all. Like he's in denial mode. He's like, no, this is not happening. I'm going to save you. I'm going to use all my money, all my resources. She actually calls Marlena to get her help to get him to accept that she's gonna die. Oh, and, and it wasn't even from a psychiatrist standpoint. It's from you're the only other person I I know who can get through there. It, it's very much like I know y'all don't watch YR, but when Nikki called Ashley to get Victor together because she knew, oh, I might be getting that backwards, but either way, she knew that was the only other person who could get through to him. Yeah, those are amazing scenes. But after Isabella died. Marlena basically took over watching over Brady and John and the rest is history. And that I've made it no secret to tell of two Romans to me personally. That whole saga lasted from 1991 to 1995, in my opinion, because the ramifications of that whole storyline lasted, quite honestly, it's still going on. And I'm watching September of 1996. Yeah, because literally, like, finding out that John wasn't Roman led to a lot of unresolved feelings with John and Marlena, which led to the affair, which led Sammy Sammy on the trajectory that she went on. The affair led to Belle, which led to the paternity reveal, which led to Roman and Marlena. It it honestly lasted to um, Carrie and Austin as well. Yeah, like it all because, went. And that's because the kind of Because Carrie, Carrie was only involved with Austin because Roman was against it. And in her head, Roman wasn't her dad. John raised her. So, <laughs> yeah. It, Aria, you're right. That story was probably the biggest umbrella story of the 90s. I remember. Isabella's death kicked it up a notch. Don't get me wrong. But that that return literally set the 90s ablaze and led to many, many good storylines. Tony, your number one return. 
Again, we are veering each other in like such a crazy way this episode. But your number one, uh, your number two was uh, Roman's return. And I think our number ones may be the same. So we may be piggybacking off of this. But my number one is Marlena's return in 1991. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. I take it that's your number one as well. I have a top for number one, but that's one of them. Okay. So, all right, let's, let's take it back. So it's 1991. John and and Isabella are together. They're happy. They're, you know, they're in love. They're finally together after all the trials and tribulations that they've been through. And every time they air, you see this mystery woman patient in Mexico. Don't see your face. Don't see anything. No idea who it is, but she only ever airs when John and Isabella are airing. So that's clue number one. So then she finally wakes up and you get this, this, it's a really pretty set with these, like her bed has got like these white drapes on it. And like a, a nice little canopy. I said, damn, that was a nice hospital. Right. It's so nice. And then you get like, and then again, it kind of makes sense considering who was holding her camper. But exactly. So then you see like August, 1991 on a calendar. And then you see this woman get out of bed and then you they zoom in on the mirror and you see her face and oh my God, it's Marlena. She's With alive. Big hair and even bigger tits now. It was, it was literally like, uh, I mean, again, I watched it knowing, but again, I was floored. And the best part about this is nobody rescued her. She escaped and hitchhiked her way home to the epic pier moment. That oh, okay, first off, no love and, and you're downgrading that journey because she oh. literally had to escape into the jungle, hot not hijack a plane, but stole away on a plane, steal clothes from said plane. First off, that was a fucking look, by the way. <laughs> stole hair products, did her hair on the plane, and then you're jumping around. First off, can we talk about her going through the town? sight unseen those were some amazing scenes i mean her looking through the um window and seeing roman isabella sammy and eric living this beautiful life um i remember her tony was that the original town square or was that salem place that was the salem place i think because I remember saying it was Tom and Julie walking. And I don't know what Julie had gotten herself into, but Tom and Alice were having, not Tom and Alice, Tom and Julie were having a serious conversation. And she was talking about, well, you know, my love life hasn't been the same since me and Doug divorced. And Marlena is in shock. She was like, divorce? How, how did that happen? But anyways, now we jump to the pier. I want to... um say this first off Marlena was going to leave town she was like everybody looks good I guess I'll just dip on out but she she had also she had also just didn't she just watch John propose to Isabella yes because this was this was the night like they were already engaged this was the night of their engagement party and John has been getting feelings and, and and things he's he's been feeling things and then he gets a phone call asking for captain brady now he's since been promoted to commander but oh the- i forgot those things good point Tony. so he he's been since promoted to commander so the fact that he was being referenced as captain brady 
threw him back to when Marlena was alive. So he started, he started wondering. So then he starts follow, and then he starts feeling like he's being watched and being followed. So he starts following this woman. He, he follows, he gets to the airport bar and he sees like, I don't know if it was a drink or if it was like strawberries and whipped cream, but he saw something. And it was in that moment that he knew a hundred percent that she was alive and he just needed to find her. It and wasn't so strawberries and whipped cream. It was white rice spritzer. And he remembered that. That was my Lana's favorite drink. I remember now. And then, so yeah. then he's like, oh my God, she is alive. It is her. So then he well, goes no, to he the- he didn't really jump to that. He was kind of confused because remember he had already had those feelings three years before. So he was like, oh God, I think I'm losing my mind. Or he was kind of feeling very- okay, this is a natural reaction. I just proposed to Isabella, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, continue talking. Okay, and so then, then he he just, he goes to where he always goes when he needs to think. He goes to the pier. The pier. And he's standing there, and you you're, the camera's on him, and you kind of have I'll a long... I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> go ahead, go for it. No, no, you got to set it up. You have to add okay. the fog and all that, too. Okay, so... so He's just standing there and it's all foggy and he and you hear you hear this music and you hear the water in the background and all of a sudden in the distance you hear Roman Roman it's me my like and he looks so confused he thinks oh god I finally fucking lost it and then and she the, touches him and then he completely loses it their music swells in the background he hugs her and there is this moment that makes me laugh and cry when like there's <laughs> this moment and you know you know exactly what moment i'm talking about there's this moment when he hugs her and there's this moment where he's like grabbing her hair and it plays like oh my god you're real you're really here little behind the scenes tidbit here for those who may not have watched the 40th anniversary uh soap talk special for days uh in that moment Drake Hogeston was actually pulling a pulling out the halo that Deidre Hall was wearing in her hair. So when he when he's looking down and it's playing like, oh my God, you're real, you're really here, it's literally, oh my God, I'm pulling your hair out. And it's just the scene is so epic. And then you have well, little, then- here's the thing. People ended on that note. Those scenes got better as they kept going. Day by the day, kiss, but they and then her back, the both of them back and back because they thought about Isabella, and, and then, then um, Isabella had a lot of grace because she actually backed off. She really did, and even Marlena was like, they were very friendly. I know they kind of put it in the pathos later on when Brady grew up that Marlena and Isabella kind of had like this adversarial thing going on. But that never happened. We never saw that, that which, never I, think is, which exactly. I think is why a lot of people had a lot of issue with that term with Brady when that story aired. Because that it, never... it actually kind of made me mad as I was watching it because both of them were being too graceful about it. It was more like, oh, Isabella, you can have them. I've been gone for five years. But that's the thing. You've been gone for five years. You can have them. Like, they were basically throwing John to each other because they had so much respect for each other. I mean, Marlena came back and her children were in love with Isabella. The only thing that was missing from this story, and I'm so mad we didn't get it, was Carrie. Yeah, but then again, they brought back Carrie, and it wasn't the Carrie. We don't talk about other Carrie. And that was... And that wasn't until like after like after way, all that, but still. Way after that had all been resolved, because Roman was already back by then. Like, I, 
I think she might have premiered in like December of 91 or early 92. And I was like, oh, no, this is not what I, I wanted it to be Christy because Christy was there when Marlena disappeared. Christy was there. I mean, it, Christy was there when Marlena disappeared. Christy was the Carrie that we saw the most with Drake Hogeston's Roman. Like, I wanted Christy there for all of this. Because Christy never worked with Wayne. Because when Wayne was alive and he was Roman the first time, that was Andrea Barber's carry. Yep. So when they brought Christy Clark in, that was all Drake. Well, it didn't just end at the pier is what I'm saying. I mean, the scenes with Marlena and Eric and Sammy reuniting, those were so Oh, so good. Amazing scenes. But my the scenes with her and Bo? Oh, yeah. But my personal favorite was when they had through their um, welcome home party at Alice's. Alice's. Yes. And Marlena walked through the door and Julie flew into her arms and started crying. And Marlena was like, oh, don't cry. This is a happy time, Julie. And Maggie walks up behind her. And Maggie was like, too late. I started crying as soon as you walked through the door. And Marlena turned around with her face, her face of pure glee. Oh, Mac. First off, they need to play Marlena and Maggie more. Yes. yes. Because first off, Marlena, Maggie, Laura, and Julie, those four used to ride for each other. They were like to- total BFFs. I wish they would play that more, but they're not. They should have played it when, you know, when Laura was killed off, but they didn't. Oh, and, uh, the fact that, we, it, that makes me so mad seeing how close Marlena and Laura are. But they didn't. Bats, I know this is yours, but I just want to hit a piggyback off of it. because we've been, pig- we've been piggybacking off of each other all day. It's fine. Because we knew we were going to do this. Like, hello, we break up classic days. How are we not going to go on a gush fest? But, yes, Marlena's return. Is that all you have to say, Tony? Yeah, I, no, that's everything. Go right ahead. And, because, do you wanna- I kid y'all not. We went from Marlena's return to Roman's return in a month. So no, nah, really it was like two months. Yeah, it was really quick, is what I'm saying. So Ooh, the other scene I love too. The other scene I love too. Her reunion with Abe, because we hadn't seen Abe oh, in a couple yes. years because um, because James Reynolds had left to go do, it, do Generations. So they met him. I remember down, the in, I, I think they flew shock on his face. Yeah, they flew down to Miami before they went to Mexico. They had like a a layover in Miami or something. And so you get this knock on the door and it's Abe. And Abe and Marlena have this really sweet reunion and it's so good. And that was that was the introduction of Abe back into the show because once he came back for that, he didn't leave. That was honestly like, isn't that when we had Renee Jones' legacy or... We had a couple other Lexis first. Renee Jones didn't come in until like 92, 93. Okay, because I know it was one before. I know he was married by then. And yeah, I know they, was... they were married. They had gotten they had gotten married off screen, but Renee Jones wasn't Lexi yet. But I remember because Abe had came back a few months beforehand and it was already a one Lexi. So yeah. I was trying to see, was it another Lexi? And then there, were like, there were like three Lexis and then Renee. Okay, so it was two more Lexis and then yeah. Renee at that yeah. point. But yeah. anyways, Ariette, your number two, number one return, I'm sorry. 
Mine are so different. I'm the odd one out, but it's fine. Um, so I'm going. <laughs> loved listening to um your like number one and just like I'm looking forward to watching those years. Sorry, I just went off a bit, but yeah. So my number one, I'm going back to 2018. This is one of my favorite characters. I had waited years for it. But Mimi Lockhart's return in 2018. Bro! I oh, never I have this. So, I'll let you have it. But oh, that hurts me because your list is so good. Oh, <laughs> continue. Leave her alone. She's part of the last last crew. But anyway, so. So is Brady. So Ferris. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stepped- I didn't know you off. It's okay. <laughs> Um, so Ferris stepped right into Mimi's shoes after 11 years. And it was like, as if no time had passed. And she returned because Bonnie was passing Mimi's daughter off as hers to get out of jail, basically. And the return story... Um, it had such great um, interactions with characters I had missing with each other, like Belle and Mimi, Mimi with Sean and Belle and Mimi with Chloe. Like, and I got, um, I got some closure as a Remy fan. I got closure and, because we got a Remy baby. But yeah, mm. I had... Um, <laughs> I had missed Mimi so much. So when it was announced, it was announced or leaked, actually. It wasn't leaked on Twitter or Instagram. And I was excited. I had not been excited for a return for such a long time. But when that was announced, I was just counting down the months until she returned. And uh, it was great. Yeah. So that is my number one. I'll give you credit where credit was due. I did like that story too. I just couldn't stand Mimi. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it was it was a good story. I'll give you it credit. It was a there. really good story. And for me, what I really loved about it was how much energy Farah brought to the story. Cause she to me, she's such a great like soap actress. And the, like the minute. She stepped out. It was such a weird way to have her come into the room. But anyway, it's a soap, so whatever. But the the minute she stepped out of the room and or the, the bathroom um, and asked her mom, mom, what the hell did you just, just do? And the way Bonnie and Mimi were staring at each other, that was like, that was good soap. Like, that was such a good, intense moment. It just showed like Mimi and Bonnie's dysfunctional relationship. I just enjoy seeing Judy and Farrah in scenes together. I miss Mimi. She is another character that should return. Mute Michael's uh, mic. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. I'll grant it if it's the recast Mimi because she's fine. No. But- <laughs> Leave my Mimi alone. Anyway, she, so those, uh, that is mine. Is- Michael, we're not going to do this. Not here. (laughs) Damn it. I asked for a return. How much grace do you want me to give, Ariette? 
not here. Anyway, uh, so that is my number one. Sorry. I said bring her back. It's just bring the fine one back. Well, no, nah, I mean, when I say it like that, it makes it seem like I'm calling Farrah ugly. And she's not, but the other one, she's oof. Uh, the other she's one, uh, I mean, she's gorgeous, but she wasn't, I mean, I enjoyed her. She gave me bitch Mimi, which bitch Mimi wasn't, was a thing in 2006. She owned it. She owned but it. But no, uh, it was a struggle. Mimi were, was basically like barely a thing during um during the last blast series i think i mean it was more focused yeah i mean i get where you're coming from but because what i hated sorry michael what i hated about it is they had rewritten a lot of stuff to me yeah i was getting i was getting to that because i know i was a little iffy about it because i was like okay i can't stand me me but i thought her and chloe had they did wash their years ago. So why are we bringing this back up? They Mimi and, where Mimi and Chloe left off in 2005. They were like best friends. Mimi was Chloe's bridesmaid. So Ron was rewriting stuff. And it that was one thing that annoyed me. But I took it because like I was like, you know what? It, At least it, it's something for them to do. Yes. They hadn't had had anything in a minute. That's why I let it go. Yeah, and it gave like it gave Chloe something to do as well. And maybe it was just lighting up the presence for everyone. Like I enjoyed it. I think she. I'm always gonna say it, but she is the missing piece to the last glass crew right now. It feels Mm. incomplete. Even if there's fans out there who doesn't like it, she's the missing piece. She is. Look at look at Last Breast Crew right now. now. I, I've been nice today. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm just saying she. There's something missing. Her, her. She is, she is my Dr. Taylor Hayes of this show. I do not want to see her ever again. What if I will be content? What if, if she Emily came back and made you like her though? Honestly, it would have to be the recast, Mimi. If. But the there's any chance of oh, that. Okay. We'll take it because another day. <laughs> I have too many bad memories of Farrah, and that's sad because she's an amazing actress. But I will always connect her to that Mimi I can't fucking stand. <laughs> that's fine. Anyway, so that was my number one. Um, it's your turn, Michael. Well, we already touched on my first half of my number one, Dr. Marlena Evans Black. Um, amazing return. I jumped in on that. So I'm going to go to my second one. <sighs> Y'all, y'all shouldn't be surprised at this one. Y'all shouldn't be surprised at all. Dr. Laura Spencer Horton's return in 1994? Three. 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 Yes, three. Oh, it was 93 because that was Night Sins. No, Body Heat. No, Winter Heat. Winter, winter heat. heat. Yes. I love how you jumped back and forth. <laughs> it was under oh. my tongue. I just couldn't remember. Honestly. Y'all, I- Honestly, that return was so good. The fact that she saved Vivian from a lobotomy. First off, the lead up to that return was good because for months we had been seeing and hearing Jennifer talking about, oh, I'm going to visit my mother at the cemetery today. Oh, it goes all the way back to when Kate hit town. Exactly. Like they threaded this so beautifully because there was secrets involving Jack and Jennifer's house because everybody, when Jack and Jennifer moved into that house, when they bought it from Bill. What? The that, one that Laura and Bill used to rent to Kate. 
which we which I'm getting there. But when when they first moved into that house, everybody was like, hey, Bill, are you sure about this? Like, so we always knew there was something kind of about that house that wasn't fully on the up and up. And we were all kind of curious as to what. Then Kate is down. Brought, wait a minute. Who brought that up? Because Julie remember, did. So Julie knew. Yeah, Julie, like the whole family kind of knew about the affair and, and that. They that just affair, didn't know about Lucas. Okay. They, just, they knew about the affair and they knew that that's what caused Laura's break, but they did not know that that affair produced a child. Because Billy didn't even I know that they did, I thought they played it like nobody knew that that no, was the No, they, because they, they had, they had serious I think the older people about, who didn't know was the next generation of Horton. Yeah, I think they had serious reservations about Jack and Jennifer moving into that house because that was the house that the affair took place in. That was where Laura broke. So everybody was like, are you sure? And then when Kate hits town, that house is like the first place that she goes to. Yep. So it all kind of ties in together. And then Vivian wants Victor, but Victor is into Kate. So... Vivian's trying to get the dirt on Kate to get Kate out of the way. So that leads her to well, Pine well, Haven. Well, to part. When Jack and Jennifer first moved back into that house, Jack found a journal. A book, a manuscript. Yes. Basically, and he, he found a journal and turned it into a manuscript that he wanted to publish. Hence where Kate comes in because Kate owned the publishing company at the time. I think she was working at Titan. She had just started working at Titan. And she received the book. Lo and behold, the journal was hers. And the journal was about this steamy affair that a battered wife was having, where he basically set her up in the house and make, she moves into it, blah, 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 blah. No one knew who the man was, but audience knew it was Kate at this point. And Kate was pissed that that book was being published because she knew it was based off of that, because she knew. Because Jack. That, she knew that somebody was going to connect it to her, basically. Yeah. So. She buys the publishing house out from under the publisher who was willing to publish the book and cast the book. She thinks that's going to be the end of it, but Vivian somehow, some way, finds out about this journal and she goes out to find who this married man was. A few months later, we see all these months that Jennifer has been seeing and talking to Laura again at the sanitarium. Well, Kate finds this out. And Kate goes to visit Laura. And it, Vivian keeps trying to figure out why does she keep visiting Laura? And so she makes the connection that, well, she really doesn't make the connection. She has an inkling that the woman who was married to the married man was Laura, but she doesn't know until she's convicted of, you know, burying Carly alive and put in the cemetery with Laura. Along the way, she finds out. And didn't she requ she requested to go to Pine Haven specifically to get the dirt on, on Kate and Laura, if I remember correctly? I think so. I can't remember that part, though. But lo and behold, Vivian stumbles upon the fact that the doctors at that sanitarium were basically drugging these people who were cured from their um, mental illnesses. Well, not cured, but you know the specific terms. But they were being drugged and kept there so they could keep leeching money from the families. Once it's, Vivian tries to expose this, the doctors schedule her to have a lobotomy. 
Well, all along, she has been weaning Laura off of her pills, who was in a catatonic state at this point. But she had been weaning Laura off of the pills, and Laura decides to get the hell up and helps Vivian escape from the lobotomy and from the sanitarium that just so happened to be burning down at that point. Well, they escape, everything is exposed, and Laura goes home to her family where she reunites with, you know, Jennifer, Laura, well, not Laura, but Alice and all those folks. Oh my God, you're getting to my favorite part. And then she realizes that that bitch, Kate Roberts, is in town. Happily married to Victor Kiriakis, a rich, wealthy publisher, and it pisses her slap off. And then she realizes that she has a son who is 18 years old, coinciding to when the affair hits. And that's when she realizes that Kate got pregnant and that Lucas is Bill's son. And first, when she finds this out and puts this together, like... She drags Bill to high hell. She drags Bill to high hell and then tells Bill that that's his child, but he's not allowed to see that child. Like he forces him. I never him. got that. I never got that. I don't understand why she told him that Lucas was his, and then. I think oh, she's wanted. Know. She just wanted to twist the knife because she couldn't be with her kids for like the last few years. So I think she wanted to kind of do the same thing to him, because well, in her mind, in her mind, he is the reason that she was away from her children for all of these years because he is what broke her. Which is so, a retcon, by the way, because that's not exactly how it went down. But that I that I think was her motivation. So she decided to twist the knife. But then, like I think a couple days or a week later, at she the publisher is it at a publisher, at the, a Titan publishing party, at the Titan publisher of the year party at the Penthouse Grill in front of everyone: Jennifer, Bill, Lucas, Alice, Mickey, Maggie, Kate, Victor. The entire fucking town is there, and it gets revealed that Lucas is a Horton. Then fast forward to um, Curtis's murder trial. And she is the reason that it comes out that Billy and Austin are her children because she reveals all about Kate and Curtis's abusive and that past is why in she the court. Is one of, that is why she is one of my favorite characters of all time. Because quite honestly, Laura carried the 90s because she exposed Susan Kristen. Uh, what else? It, it was a lot. She played a vital... Well, did she? She played a vital part in the possession as in pointing fingers to Marlena. Who um, did? Laura. Because uh, I, I, no, she it, was it in the meadows during the possession, wasn't she? Not... Kind of, sort of. She was there for the beginning through the middle of the possession. Then she went to the meadows. But she kind of pointed John in the direction because she was like, Marlena hasn't been acting right lately. She's been weird. She's been blanking out. It's only got this and the third. So Laura has been a major support system for Marlena through her feelings for John. Oh, oh, those are the days. Which is, again, why I found it very odd that Marlena couldn't go to Laura's funeral and that she hasn't even hasn't even mentioned he that hasn't mentioned it at all and quite honestly they couldn't even put that in there because remember it was a time where during the um alice henry's paternity um case 
where Marlena wasn't there, they could have easily had John say, well, Marlena has been really upset because, well, Laura's passed away. She, she. Yeah, but that was, Laura died in February. That custody case was in September. That wouldn't have worked. No, I'm not saying the custody, the custody case. I'm saying like, remember it was around that time where Allie was starting to remember that it wasn't Trip, it was Charlie, like January, February around that time. And Marlena wasn't being played heavily in that story yet. It could have been explained with John saying, okay, Marlena's really upset about Laura's passing. She but Marlena was played heavily. She went right to Marlena when she realized. It was a small gap, because I remember talking about it on the podcast. I was like, okay, she isn't being played heavily. They could have easily mentioned it. But I digress. You know, again, I don't get nice things on this show anymore. So I had to go back to the 90s to get them. But that's my tie for Greatest Return. Dr. Marlena Evans Black and Dr. Laura Spencer Horton. It, it, it really is injustice because they really could have played on this. Instead of this Stefano and Kate shit that we got, we could have easily brought back Bill and Laura and got Bill, Laura, Kate again. They should have done that in 2010. I don't know why they didn't. And I thought they were because they were playing that beat. Because remember, Bill had invited Kate back to the house. Yeah. And Laura tried to show her ass. And basically, Maggie had to sit Laura down and be like, Alice would have wanted her to be here. She would have easily invited her into this home. Which I don't think that's true, but okay. Laura had to can it. Yeah. Wasted. They waste a lot of characters that could have easily been brought on instead of the bullshit that we saw. Because we did not need Daniel Jonas at all. Not at all. <laughs> I like how everybody just agreed. I thought I was just being a crazed Laura fan for a moment, but y'all are actually agreeing with me. So there's that. Well, we've come to the end of our top five, but we do have some things we can discuss about the show. Um, Tony, you keep up with the news. What have we learned the past week other than we us getting two promos? Uh, well, we got two promos. Um, we got more returns confirmed for Beyond Salem. Did we talk about that in last week's? Oh, we did. Oh, we d- okay. So, Sunny has been recast with Zach Tinker from The Young and the Restless. Chandler Massey is returning. Austin Peck is returning. Christy Clark is returning. Leanne Hunley is returning. Tao Penglis is returning. All for Beyond Salem, and it looks like Will and Sunny. I think from what I read or what I saw on Twitter, maybe crossing back onto the main show as well. You forgot to mention Eileen. Oh, yes. And Eileen Davidson is making a guest appearance in Beyond Salem. So Beyond Salem. Which is odd because we're going to go right back to Stacey Hyde. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know what this is, how this is all working, but I am here for all of it. I cannot wait. Beyond Salem. I love Stacey Hadou, but if y'all can get her for this, throw her some fucking money and get her on full time. I, I don't think Eileen Davidson wants to do full time. On either show? Because they're not using her at the Young Universe. I don't think she wants to do full time. Hell, I'll take her being Kristen part time. I'll allow it. We can have her be Kristen and Stacey Hadou be Susan. Yeah, that's kind of what so that's she won't what get I, burned out and leave again. 
before they confirmed that this was only for Beyond Salem, that's actually where I thought this was heading. And I'm really, really excited uh, for Beyond Salem. I'm really excited for the show to come back uh, in a couple weeks. The two promos that we got look really amazing. Uh, I, as a Sin fan, am thrilled with the material that's coming. I'm also really excited for the EJ Sammy reveal that's coming. Uh, we have confirmation that Allison Sweeney's last air date for now is going to be August 11th and her temporary exit is going to be a kidnapping. But don't worry, Allison Sweeney is already back on set like we reported a couple weeks ago. So she will be back later this fall. And I don't know, things are just shaping up to look really good in Salem in the next few weeks and months. And I'm very excited. Mm. Yeah. I'm kind of worried about a few things. Well, I, I know one thing you're worried about. Yeah. I really hope they don't go there. <sighs> I, I, see, that's where I say this whole soap opera thing is subjective because I'm hoping they go there. But it, it's, it's damaging to Abe in his anniversary year to undo his daughter, if that's where we're going. And I don't think that's right, and I don't think that's fair. You may not have been attached to Lonnie as a carver, and that is okay, and that is fair for you. I mean, but the thing is, though, if they go down this route, we don't know yet. It could be anything. Yeah, but uh, see, I'm looking at it from the potential of future story outlook, because Okay, me personally, I never bought that Lonnie was a carver, mainly because for what reason would Tamara have kept her away for so long? I mean, it's Ave Carver. So I never really bought it. Um, I just I, bit the bullet mainly because they have good father-daughter chemistry. So I just like, okay, I'll buy it. But if they're going to give me an option to get out of that, I'm going to take that because I never really saw her as a carver. Also, I see the potential of Lonnie looking for her father's side of the family. And that brings more Black folks to the show. So I'm all for that. That's a good point, to be honest. I'm trying to make logic out of Tamara did. Um, like, well, well, hold on. Let me explain it for the listeners, because they're probably not getting what we're putting down. Yeah. Well, during the promo, we see Olivia talking to Paulina. Olivia is Paulina's mother, and basically... We know that Olivia and Lonnie share a scene together. Lonnie leaves, and Olivia looks at Paulina, and she was like, I hope you don't think about telling that child the truth. So, We're so, automatically under the assumption that Paul, and considering that Paulina told the twins a secret, I, we all assume that that secret was, you know, Price Town. But what if that secret was that Paulina was actually Lonnie's mother, and that Lonnie was, was given to Tamara to protect Lonnie. That's basically what we're thinking is going to happen. We don't know that it's going to happen. We have not heard that this is going to happen. I want to preface this, but we're assuming that it's going now. And our time, well, not timeline, but our group message has been in shambles and I've been, you know, fighting with swords and shields because I'm the only one who thinks this would be a good idea. But. The thing is, it is meaty material for Sal and James and Jack A. All three of them will get something meaty to work with. And I'm, I'm always for drama 
but not at the expense of undoing Lonnie as a carver. But I'm going to wait and see to get the full context of what the story is about. It could be anything. It could be... I'm trying to theorize what could be coming up. And honestly, I can see it going different ways. We don't know if these... Um, what if it's not about Lonnie, but about Chanel and that about was Chanel's what, father? That's something if, I've been thinking about as well. And, and that's why I haven't really spoken on it all the time. Because again, we don't know. I'm waiting I feel to like see, it, see what happens. But like it could be about Chanel actually being Lonnie's half-sister. It um, could also be about Chanel not being the daughter of the good guy that died, but the abusive piece of shit that is most likely still yeah. alive. Um, it could be like like someone said, it could be that Paulina was a surrogate mother to Lonnie. Like it could be anything. It could they might not even undo Lonnie as a carver. We'll just have to wait and see. I'm part of me, like it, it sounds like a heavy storyline either way. And if it is something about Lonnie, it gives Sal heavy material to work with. Sal is such a good dramatic actress and i've been waiting for that story for her and, and i don't Lamone. want her crying i don't want her crying i want her pissed. no no i'm not talking about crying but like i want her pissed. if you yeah if yeah she was pissed a few weeks ago remember when, when she slammed the door on paulina's face I, I, that's what i'm saying she's a better actress who plays pissed to me i don't know why because that's just how it comes off to me. I would like to see her. When to me, her being pissed off is Emmy Gold to me. When she was pissed at Paulina a few weeks ago, Sal was giving Emmy real. That was so good, and that's why I'm kind of waiting to see what the storyline is about, and kind of wanting her to have a drama, dramatic storyline. Because I know Sal can carry it. She's just, I've been waiting for her to get a meaty story. So, yeah, I, I'm just very on where that will go with this. I hope it's good. Um, but I'm not on the opposite. I'm on the opposite side of you, Tony. I'm not really looking forward, forward to the e- jammy stuff. I don't give a fuck about Sen. Um, these upcoming spo- uh, spoilers for the majority sound boring, but a shift is coming soon. So, yeah, this is where I'm at currently. So, yeah. But, yeah, the only thing I'm really looking forward to is the demise of Ejami right now. Yeah, that I can agree with. And I- I'm kind of, I'm on the fence with the flowy broy thing right now, because uh, quite honestly, both of them, both Brady and Philip, are starting to get on my nerves. So, yeah, I'm I'm on the fence with that one. Are they still even playing the Gwen, Xander, and other stuff? They're yeah, it's spoilers. coming back around. Yeah. yeah, they're in spoilers. Also, the one thing we didn't discuss from the promo, um, we are we we agree that the alley trip Chanel thing is a dream, right? I wish it wasn't. I don't I don't know to be honest it I, could be it could be Allie's dream like yeah because I just don't trying. see how 
I just don't see how we get there from here when the week prior, Allie and Sh- Allie and uh, Trip and Chanel are worried because Allie is. I mean, Ron isn't really good with substance, so we could be just getting something out of the blue. The, here's what I'm thinking: it's either a dream because Allie's subconscious cannot get like she can't get um, Chanel out of her head. So while she's in bed with um, Trip, she dreams about uh, uh, Chanel being in bed, or it's all three of them in bed. I don't. I just don't. I don't think it's real. I think it's a dream. I yeah. wouldn't mind if it was real. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if it was real either. I just, given what she's gonna be doing the week no. prior, I just don't see how we get there from here. That's when I start to wish that days will switch over to HBO. But you know, and I, going back to the Ilani stuff, um, or Lonnie oh, stuff. Okay, I'm seeing this as a separate Lonnie story. No, I was gonna say, I think are, are, I was about to ask, are they gonna have a combined Elani story? Because I'm feeling the whole Olivia Paulina, her being scratched off as a carver, possibly is a Lonnie story. I haven't really, I think if it's Listen, I've been having the story play out in my head. If this happens, if Lonnie is like not a carver anymore, um, Lonnie could be start could start questioning who she is. She might be starting to distance herself from her family, her Eli, her kids. And I know Sal talked about wanting Lonnie to go a bit like bad. I'm wondering if that's the case. Not Lonnie being like evil, but going to like the gray area. I mean, it it leads to possibilities. I just don't want. Do you think they're gonna go basically go the identity crisis route today with Lexi? Yeah, I mean, I can see it. It has storyline potential. I just because honestly... I just hate how it's it could damage Abe. Even Lonnie's ties, but yeah, also because honestly, truly, it it doesn't matter who's. I'm trying to think the right way to say this. It doesn't really matter whether Paulina is actually her mother or Tamara is her mother. If Abe is not the father, there's only two choices of who her father could be: Paulina's terrible ex-husband, who. Possibly could have um, ties and dirty dealings in the business underground world, or the monster that Tamara was sleeping with before. What if they're both the same person? Yeah, Ooh. I was thinking that. I was thinking. So it's either you have good guy A as your father, or business crime boss, whoever this man is, mobster, whatever. So they're sure to give her an identity crisis. I would like to see that. Um, when the characters go to their locations, it is tied into the current story, right? I don't know if it's going to be tied into current story before they leave or after they come back. I was going to, I was going to, like, I was thinking, what if it's tied into, like, for instance, this. It might be before they leave. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like because what if if we're if... already seeing the promo with Olivia and Paulina, and Beyond Salem isn't coming out until September sixth or fifth. I don't remember which September sixth. So, like, we found find out about Paulina uh, or Lonnie and all that stuff 
um into in next week. So that leaves like two weeks before they leave to my like travel to Miami. So I'm wondering if they're going there on the search of Lonnie's true paternity or if it's just random because all of them are growing, not just Eli and Lonnie, all of them. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to say the least to see all of this. Yeah. I am more m- mostly invested in this story while it's like I said, a bit damaging to Abe. It's still a story with potential, so I I'm just gonna wait and see. As for the rest, uh no, I don't give a fuck. Sorry. Until a shift starts. So yeah. Well, you guys, we have come to the end of our wonderful podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us for our top five returns list. Well, I guess I'll see you guys next week and we'll actually have a weekly recap to talk about. I'm so excited, you guys. Um any final thoughts, you guys? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We're good. Yeah, it was fun. Well, see you guys in Salem next week. And remember, save a horse, ride the Maverick. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.